This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless and enjoy this message. And you may have a seat if we could bring the lights up. Didn't this praise team do an amazing job? Can we give them a hand clap today? Yes, we can do better than that. Come on. Yes. It's always nice to have Scott and Christy here with us. Y'all are awesome. And that's that. I do want to share some big news today before I dive into this about some big events that are happening this month. Pastor Daniel shared with you about the Pumpkin Palooza. And it's going to be a great time. There's going to be bounce houses. There's going to be food and there's going to be fun. But let me share something else with you that I've kind of been keeping secret until I've had some things lined up. And at the end of this month, we're going to be hosting a fall revival. And it's not a typical revival where it's going to be over multiple days in the same week. We're going to be taking four different Sundays in a row and allowing somebody to come in and speak over us. This theme, the word that the Lord has spoke into my heart is the word renew. And the Bible says that he will make everything new. So we're going to believe during this time of revival on October the 17th, we have a national evangelist coming in from Maryland, Landover, Maryland. His name's Rick Lercy. He is an amazing teacher. We'll be doing an AM and a PM on Sunday, October the 17th. Now, for those of you that maybe don't want to drive at night, we have people that have volunteered to come pick you up to make sure that you're here for church that day because you don't want to miss that a.m. and p.m. on the 17th. On October the 24th, sorry, Bishop David Jarvis, the overseer of the Heartland region, is going to be here with us preaching. I've yet to confirm the um, 31st, but if... It comes through. Let me tell you something. October the 31st, you don't want to, I don't want to share too much about it because I want to make sure we have it written down and in the books, but just make plans to be here. And then November the 7th, we're going to end this with, um, with, um, a Bishop Toby Morgan, who's the overseer of Texas. He's going to be here with us and he is, he's written several books. He is a uh, preacher and a teacher of the word. And trust me, you're going to be blessed by his ministry. Uh, so because I kind of go into this, I'm excited about the series that we're in, a series called No Offense. And it's called No Offense because something I may say might be hurtful, might be something that just tugs real deep at the heart and I don't want you to be upset with me I want to speak from the Bible and the word set us free we started last week and we talked primarily about anger and how to solve this issue it's not an easy fix and it's not done overnight but the word of God is clear we're not here to prove a point whether in person or online we're here to make a difference to point people towards Jesus as leaders and as Christians we have a platform And we have to make sure that the platform is used in the most best way. And that means that we reach people. We show them about Jesus. We don't just show them, but we tell them. And and let me just say that there's so much hatred and anger going on in, in, in our world. And as Christians, we are better than that. We can share the love of Jesus to a lost and dying world. And today, it's not a top 10 message topic for sure, but I'm going to go ahead and dive into it today. Why? Because Hebrews chapter 4 tells me that for the word of God is alive and active, 
sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. What's that tell me? That if the Bible says it, then we teach it. And if we teach it based on the power of the Word of God, if we allow it, it can change us. And since the Bible talks about this topic of holding hurts and holding grudges, this bait of Satan, then we're going to talk about it as well. Next week, we're going to talk about another topic that I think is really important, and it's about shame. But we're going to uh, dive into this message today, and ask that the Lord be with us. Would you help me pray? God, I ask you, Lord, to be with me, to be with me as I bring this message. God, clear my mind and clear my thoughts so that I can share your word with boldness. Amen. And amen. So today I want to talk about something very near and dear to my heart. It's something that God has done a real work in me. I want to talk to you about overcoming hurt, about overcoming grudges. We all know somebody, if we're honest, we might even be the person who is easily hurt by words or actions done from someone else. We can easily hold on to grudges. We hold the offense in our heart. And many of us might say, quite honestly, that we become upset more often than we should. And it's difficult to admit. This was me for years and years. I felt inadequate about me. I felt inadequate about the way that I looked, about how I talked. So, even though people probably weren't judging me or saying things about me, I just always thought that they were. So whenever somebody would come around and say something, maybe off just a little bit, I would take it personal. And I would hold on to that hurt and I would hold on to that grudge. And let me tell you something, when you hold the offense in your heart, who's that hurt? It hurts nobody else but you. And I let it grow inside of me. And if we're not careful, that offense inside of heart will hold us hostage. How do I know if there's any offense in my heart? Well, Psalms chapter 139 is a prayer that we should all pray to make sure that that has been brought to the front. It says this, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. What's it say next? See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. We are to pray and say, God, bring to the forefront what is in my heart that maybe shouldn't be there. So that why? Not I can change me, but so that you can change me. But then here's where it says in Luke, watch this, Luke chapter 17. Jesus said to his disciples... Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. But woe to anyone through whom they come. Now listen to this. Do we understand what that verse says? It says this, that people are going to get upset. That's life. Things are going to happen that you don't agree with or that you don't like. That's life. But woe to you if they come through you. Woe to you if you are the one saying it or if you are the one doing it. And in Luke, it's telling us very clearly that we have to make sure that our words and actions are in line with the Holy Spirit. For example, and I shared this a little last week, but I'm telling you, it irritates me. When you're in the car, and right, and it goes from a two lane to a one lane, which here in Oklahoma is every day. And you're in the lane, you're in the right lane, and then you've got these cars piled up, and then you've got this car in the lane next to you that's about to close, and they're going 70 miles an hour just so they can get to the very front and pull in. Have you, has that ever happened to somebody? Am I the only one speaking today? Come on. 
Come on. <laughs> or how about this? I've had this happen before, and, and I'm sharing too much about me. I probably shouldn't do that. But it's when you go to a restaurant, and you've left, and you've paid the bill, and you're all full, and you're ready to get home and take a nap, right? It is Sunday afternoon, the best time for a nap. And you go to leave the restaurant, and you open the door for, the, for that lovely couple that's coming in, and they just walk right past you and don't say a word. I just want to say, say thank you or something, Right? No, it's things like that sometimes that just irritate me and just get to me. And maybe for you, it's, and it's for me too, it's when you're trying to have a conversation with somebody and all they're doing is this. Come on now, does that irritate? Hey, that messes with me so bad. See, hands are going up. I know it. I'm speaking to the right crowd. It messes with me so bad. Like, get off your phone and I'm right here. Talk to me. Right? We let things bother us. We let things irritate us. We let things get under our skin. And these are all little things that we deal with. But what happens if we don't allow that to, to be released to God, if we don't allow those little things to, to go up to heaven where they should be, we allow it to grow and grow and grow to where eventually what happens is we explode and we say something we shouldn't have said. We do something that we shouldn't have done. All because we let this grow in our heart. Because remember, holding the grudge, having offense towards someone or something doesn't hurt them, it hurts you. And one of the reasons why I'm so excited to do this and preach this today is because I believe God has done a real work in my heart to help me lead more like Christ and to overcome the tendency to be quickly and easily hurt. So what I want you to do is I want to give you a statement today that I want you to hold on to for the rest of this message, and it's simply this. Your life is too short and your calling is too great to live hurt. Can I say that again with all the love of Jesus Christ? And I want you to open up your heart and I want you to receive it today. Your life is too short and your calling is too great to live hurt. I want you to think about this. What's life? The Bible says life's a mist. It comes and it goes. Life passes by so quickly it breaks my heart to wake up every day and see my children. I used to, you know, get real excited, you know, waking up. Aiden's real young, taking him to daycare, right? Well, now he's in school. Israel's in school. Ellie goes to school next year. And I'm like, where has the time gone? They've shot up. I put on Aiden's jeans this morning because he hadn't worn jeans all year long. And I realized they came up to right here. And I'm like, son, when did you grow? When did that happen? Life goes by too fast. And it really hit me a couple years ago when it came Valentine's Day. And Aiden came up to me and said, Daddy, we need to buy a white teddy bear with a heart on it. Okay, give it to your mama. No, there's this little girl in my class. I'd like to go, oh, oh now wait a second. We're not there yet. But it gets me because I realize the time is coming when we're going to be buying cars, when it's high school graduation, when you're paying for college, when you're, when, when you're having to do a wedding. And it's just if you're not careful, life goes by too quick. 
That's why your life is too short and your calling is too great to live hurt because there's relationships that we've let go of. There's people that we've let go of. Why? Because we've lived hurt and we've lived with the offense in our heart. When the Bible says I should lay them down at the feet of Jesus. We're called to go into the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're called to be the light of the world. We're called to be the salt of the earth. We reflect the love of Jesus when we come into contact with people. We are his hands and feet. So what I want to do today is I want to let go of all my small hurts, and I want to talk about these big ones, right? But I want you to look with me, Proverbs chapter 19. I'm going to give you just a second, because if you have your Bible, I want you to go there, because I want you to see it. Proverbs chapter 19, verse number 11. When you're there, shout a good amen. There you go. Proverbs 19, verse 11 says this. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. I want you to let that sink into your heart. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Now, what's that mean to overlook it? We need to recognize that overlooking an offense is not the same as pretending it didn't happen. Okay? Overlooking an offense is not pretending it didn't happen. It's saying that it already did, and it's a conscious decision on my part to let it go and not replay the event over and over in my head. In other words, it's a form of forgiveness. It's almost like in the, it's an in-the-moment decision to forgive. It's a choice. It's a real-time decision that I am going to rise above this and I'm going to choose in the moment not to let this get into my heart. And as a matter of fact, the word overlook in the Hebrew simply means to pass over. So I'm not going to forget that it happened. I know it happened. I was there. I know it happened because I heard it. I know it happened because I saw it. I'm not going to forget that it was there. But in my mind, through the help of Jesus Christ, I am willing to pass over it and move on because it is to my good. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. To pass over something. What the scripture is telling us to do. Because what an offense is. It's a, it's, it's a roadblock. And in Oklahoma. They have closed a bunch of roads. And you can't get to point A to point B like you want to sometimes. You've got to take a detour. You've got to go a way around. But the Lord doesn't want you to spend years and years and years of going around it. The Bible says to pass over. Because if I can pass over the roadblock, I could be closer to the will of God for my life. I want to get so close to God, so close that you're not going to be low enough to let a meaningless offense take you off of God's calling. I want to unpack this thought. Thought number one is this. With God's help, I'm going to get over the small stuff. With God's help, I'm going to get over the small stuff. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 2 says this. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another 
in love. Another version of it says it like this. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Watch the wording here. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. What we're going to realize is that nobody's perfect. That people are going to mess up. I said this last week and I'll say it again. If your name is not Jesus, you are not perfect. If your name is not Jesus, you are not perfect. You are going to mess up. But I am going to make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Paul told us to be patient with people. Paul told us to make allowance for their fault. What a great verse. How, How many of us know somebody who's perfect besides Jesus? Raise your hand. Okay. What's interesting is how often we tend to judge others by their actions, but what we do is we judge ourselves by our intent. Did did you hear that? We judge other people by what they do, but we judge ourselves with, well, I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to do that. You just took me the wrong way. We judge ourselves with intent. We judge them by action. And what we need to do before we we get on to somebody else, we need to be looking at ourselves in the mirror and say, hey, God, search me, search my heart. See if there's any offensive way in me so that I can clean up myself to better represent Jesus. You know my heart, right? I wasn't thinking that. You really know me, so you should give me the benefit of the doubt. Where instead the scripture is very clear that we make allowance for the fact that no one on this earth is perfect. For years, for, and, and for example, and I've shared this and I, I want to share it again just real quick. Years ago I had somebody leave church after band practice because they found out I was playing drums. Years ago I, we had a for sale sign put in our yard on Pastor Appreciation Day. Years ago I can name, <laughs> we laugh and it's, and it's a joke now, but then it wasn't much of a joke. It's hurtful. I've had people sit on the front row and I'd have a hard time with my speech and I'd hear them giggling and just laughing. And I'm sitting here trying to share the word of God, my first sermon, first ever one that I preached. And what's that do in my mind? What's that do to me? It says I'm not cut out for this. I can't do this. I'm not made out for it. And, and, and I allow the lie of Satan to enter saying that you are not good enough to do this. I've had people blatantly lie about me and attempt to hurt me. And let's be honest, stuff hurts. I've had Christians tell me I'm no good. And what I'm about to say is something that it doesn't come overnight. Let me tell you, it's hard. I've had multiple people cut me off. I've had multiple people say words no one should. I've had multiple people do things no one ever should. And the enemy would love it if I just gave in and got mad. But the reality is this, is that it would only hurt me in the calling that God has on my life. I have made a conscious decision in my mind, listen, that I will refuse to respond when my response might take away from my Christian witness. Did you hear that? I will refuse to respond if I think that my response may take away from the calling that God has on my life. You see, what I put my mind to, I empower Listen, if I put concentration on grief, then I have empowered that emotion to run my mind. 
If I only think about anger, resentment, if I think about bitterness, if I focus on those things, I empower that emotion to rule me. But the same goes for joy and happiness. If I choose to be happy, if I choose to be joyful, if I choose to win, if I choose to overcome, if I choose to be renewed, if I choose to be revived, then that's who I become. Amen. We've got to make a conscious decision to say, I will not allow these things to bother me, but I will put my mind towards Jesus because that is where my hope lies. We need to recognize that when someone else has had a bad day, when someone else has a bad response, when someone else might seem uncaring or unkind, short inattentive, lacking empathy, their bad response is not all about you. Now hear me. Their actions are not, it has nothing to do with you. What I've learned to ask myself is what are they going through that may have caused it? Because maybe deep down, what's the old saying? Hurting people hurt people. They're not out to get me. They're not out to hurt. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it's painful. Yes, I have to go home at night and ponder and think on what they said. But let me tell you something. Deep down inside, that person's in pain. And maybe what they need is not a reaction from me, but they need is a prayer sent from heaven to say, God, whatever they're going through in their life, bless them, anoint them, work for them, work through them, go before them, and bless them so that whatever it is that caused them to say that may be resolved. With God's help, I'm getting over the small stuff. Why? Because my life is too short. My calling is too great to live hurt. I'm going to give allowance to someone else because of your love. But you say, Pastor, it's really easy to do that with the small things. How about the big things? Because you don't know what they said. So thought number two is this. With the help of God, I'm getting over the big stuff too. I want to spend time here being gentle. Because I know that there's some of you, myself included, that has or have had very significant wounds. When we've been hurt, we have a choice. We can really essentially do one of two extremes, okay? We can rehearse what happened over and over in our mind. We can replay the scenario. You know when, when, oh Lord, I can't remember the the name of it now my mind's gone blank that thing on the tv where you can record shows and fast forward and rewind what's that thing called come on help me out dvr there we go man i don't know why i couldn't think of that when dvr came out man that was a blessing because no more did I have to miss baseball games or football games or bad. I could just record them and go back and watch them whenever I wanted to. And, it, and if it was a game I really liked and there was a play that I really enjoyed, I could go back and watch that play over and over again. But did you know the way that our mind is made up? We are set up just like a, a DVR. Where we go back and we replay events that have gone on in our life. And we mess ourselves up because then we begin to think, what could I have said differently? What could I have done differently? What could I have done to make the situation maybe just a little bit better? And we replay the event over and over in our head. And guess what? Doing that's not going to change a thing. Because what's happened has already happened. It's best to just give it to God and say, hey, what can I do from this point forward? 
What can I do from this point forward? I can't go back and change the past. But if we're not careful, we can, al- we, we can allow our past to define what happens tomorrow. And one mistake can lead to two mistakes and three mistakes and four mistakes. Why? Because we've replayed the message over and over again in our head. When in reality, what should we do? The Bible says to pass over. I've got to pass over what happened so that I can do right from here on out. Look, I'm making allowance for somebody because I know we're not perfect. I know we've said things and we've done things that we regret. I get that. But let me tell you something. That, that, that thing you said, that thing you did does not define you. But your relationship with Christ is defined by this what I am doing today for my tomorrow so I'm going to consciously decide I'm not going to allow that to bother me I'm moving on I'm getting over the big stuff so we can retell the story that's the first extreme or the second extreme is this I can release it I can replay it or I can release it You can overcome it. Why? Because it's to our glory to overlook an offense. The process of forgiveness for some, it may take time. But as we continue to seek God, as we continue to press into him, as we continue to pray, as we continue to seek to do the right thing, his spirit can actually start to change your heart. Do you believe that? But pastor... I'm just tired of it. I'm tired. And sometimes the same situation we've replayed over and over in our mind. And then the old saying that history repeats itself. It happens over and over again. And pastor, I'm just tired. I'm tired. Has anybody been there? What's the Bible say about being tired? Come to me, all who are what? Weary and heavy laden. What's the scripture tell us? And I, the Lord Almighty, will give you rest. Pastor, I'm tired. It's the same thing over and over. Nothing ever changes. Well, honey, I'm sorry to tell you, but you can't do nothing about it. So stop worrying about it. Pass over. Give it to God. Let him take care of it. Because it's in the presence, Paula, of an almighty God that we receive the rest that we need. There's no other place where I can receive rest except in the presence of God. Because let me tell you something. There's some things that a good night's sleep just don't fix. go to bed angry what happens you wake up angry you wake up angry well then you mess up with the coffee and if you know me if you've messed up coffee you're going to have a bad day make allowance for other people's faults it is to one's glory to overlook an offense your life's too short your calling's too great to live hurt it's time to get over it. Um, Colossians chapter 3 tells us to bear with each other and forgive one another. 
If any of you have, has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. It's a process. I'm going to pass down on my notes and I'm going to go to my closing. Is that not what, what, um, what, what um, we have Joseph, right? Is that not what he did? You have a story in the Old Testament about somebody who rose above being betrayed. We have somebody who loved his brothers very much. But his brothers were jealous of him. And they allowed that act of jealousy to define what was to happen next. Because what they did, Seth, was they replayed over and over in their mind all the times their dad made allowance for Joseph but nobody else. They replayed over and over in their mind about how, well, Joseph got this and look what I got. They replayed over and over in their mind that it's not fair that Joseph gets this and I don't get it. And so what they do, they sold him. They put him in a pit, left him to die. They were going to kill him until one of the brothers stood up and said, no, we can't kill him. Let's just sell him. So a band of, 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 of these, these slave traders came by and they sold him. And where did he go? He went. And what happened? He, he, he got there and, and he was in Egypt and, and, and then, and then he got, uh, Second in line. Second most powerful man in the entire place. And then what happened? Well, same thing. Somebody lied about him. And he could have very easily said, God, this isn't fair. Why did you allow my brothers to sell me? Why did you allow them to take advantage of me? Why did you allow them to put me in this prison cell? But all the time, what he said was, God, I will not forget that you are in charge. I will not forget that you know what's best for me. I will not forget that you have gone before me to work things out for my good. So I'm not going to sit here and have a pity party about myself. I'm not going to sit here and live hurt. I'm not going to sit here and live with the offense inside my heart. But rather, I'm going to make allowance for somebody else's faults. Because I know that my brothers are not perfect. I know that that person who lied about me is not perfect. And I'm going to make allowance for them because what did Joseph say in the moment he said it's to my glory to overlook an offense so what happens years later right he comes up he rises up and there's this big drought and here comes waltzing up his brothers Joseph recognized these are those guys these are the brothers that betrayed me. These are the brothers that let me down. These are the brothers that sold me. So I'm going to get back at them, right? I'm going to hold this offense so much inside that it turns into bitterness and resentment and anger. And I'm going to get back at them. Show them who's boss. No. If Joseph had rehearsed it over and over in his head. In that moment, he would have looked at his brothers in the face and said, be gone. He 
He said, you're my brother. And I love you. And I'm not going to allow what happened all those years before to dictate what's going to happen in this moment. You need food? Here's some food. You know what? Better yet, go back and get the little one. Get the youngest. Bring him with you and sit at the king's table and we're going to have a meal together. I want to bless you. I want to protect you. I want to guard you. I will not allow this grievance that I have to mess up our relationship. You know why? Because for every Goliath, there needs to be a David. If God puts a Goliath, there's got to be a David inside of you somewhere. There's a problem larger than life. I don't know what to do. David just took what he had in his hand and he took care of the problem. I'm telling you, you've already got what you need in your hand. It's the power to forgive. It's to one's glory to overlook an offense. What used to hold me hostage doesn't hold me anymore. 